Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause, where we talk about this time of life, mind, body, and spirit. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen. Each week, I'm joined by top professionals dropping their tips and advice. Remember, episodes drop every Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a beat. And if you like this podcast, please rate and review it. Thank you, because this helps others to find the show. You can check out our website, find out which episodes are coming up, and get the latest blog and advice by going to my website, thrivethroughmenopause.com, and get ready to thrive, not just survive, through perimenopause and beyond. Welcome to this week's episode of Thriving Through Menopause with me, Clarissa. Today we're going to have a fantastic conversation with my guest, Dr. Peter Kozlowski, and we're going to be talking about toxins because they play a huge role in our body and how our body goes through menopause and how our hormones actually behave. And you, Peter, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. And you are a functional medicine practitioner, and you are also a, a traditionally trained clinician. You're based in the States, and you have got a new book out called Get the Funk Out, Balance Your Hormones and Detox. Did I get that right? You did. You did. Yeah. And it came out just a couple of weeks ago, but I'm really super interested in homing down on the relationship between hormones, toxins, and what it's doing to the body, to what women are experiencing in terms of symptoms. So maybe a place to start is, you know, what is the relationship between hormones and toxins? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the I just, uh, a brief kind of summation of functional medicine versus traditional medicine because this kind of gets into why I got into the the subject of of toxins affecting hormones, is that as a functional medicine doctor, I was taught to look for the underlying cause of disease. So it's very easy to diagnose hormone imbalances. I think any practitioner or people are experiencing it, um, men with low testosterone, women with estrogen progesterone imbalances, Thyroid disease is the most common disease, um, autoimmune disease. It's, it's the most common thing that family practice doctors see. Um, then there's the adrenal glands and adrenal fatigue. So we know about all these hormone imbalances, but when I diagnose those in my patients, they always want to know why. And I believe in the argument I make in my book is that it is our toxic environment. Um, now, I don't think that our toxic environment is just affecting our hormones because I work with patients with everything from autism to dementia and everything in between. So toxins are playing a role in, in any kind of conditions, but specifically there, there's a connection with um, hormones. And so we're seeing all these hormonal imbalances um, over the last 40, 50 years really increase. And everything has stayed pretty much consistent besides one thing. And that's what we're doing to our environment. Right. And it, you know, whether you want to talk about factories or you want to talk about our food supply, um, they've been messing with all of those things for a long time now. It started with 
the hybridization of wheat 50 years ago in, in America, in the States, uh, over 90% of soy and corn are genetically modified. And so for people that don't really know what that means, that means that they basically are changing the protein structure of these plants and animals to get more of it to grow. Well, that they started doing that 50 years ago, but the one thing that they didn't do is see how that would affect human beings, right? We're the ones eating the stuff that doesn't look like it used to. And we're the ones being affected, but nobody ever talked about that. That was never considered. And every year there's more and more toxins being put out. Every year they're they're picking which food to to change next, whether it's you know, now with farm fish and, and salmon and things like that, or what fruits and vegetables they can modify. Um, so we keep changing what our bodies are eating, breathing, drinking, and those toxins. And we can, I'll, I'll explain what detox is and how it works and how toxins work, but those are getting into our bodies. And if our bodies don't eliminate them, which is, that's what detox is, is eliminating toxins. Um, they get stored. And so they'll store in our brain. They'll store in our immune system cells. The, they're, one of their favorite places to be stored is the thyroid. Um, Dr. Susan Blum, uh, who came much before me, who was one of my mentors, um, she was one of the original functional medicine doctors, and, and she has a couple books out. But she was a thyroid specialist, and she described the thyroid to me as a sponge for all the stuff we're being exposed to. And what is Hashimoto's? Hashimoto's is when your immune system has identified your thyroid as an invader. So your immune system starts attacking your thyroid. Well, yeah. wouldn't it make sense that if your thyroid is full of all these environmental toxins, that your immune system is actually doing the right thing by trying to get rid of it because you don't want all those toxins? Well, that's not good because then you end up with a low thyroid. Um, yeah. So, go ahead. Very, very common. I mean, we see that really on the rise with women in midlife, just how much they're being diagnosed with Hashimoto's, how many women have uh, overactive thyroids, underactive thyroids, um, and that that is just exacerbating the symptoms of menopause tremendously. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So they, when the toxins don't get detox, they store. And so they can store in your testes, in your ovaries, in your thyroid, your adrenal glands, and, and just everywhere all over. I mean, we're focusing on hormones, but they can go anywhere. So I think the when I say toxins, so I, I do mean things like our food and gluten and soy and corn, and then you get into all the herbicides, pesticides, glyphosate is something that I write about in the book, um, that these toxins are damaging our cells. And so when those are the type of toxins we're talking about, and the most common ones that I work with are heavy metals, lead, mercury, um, mold, mold toxicity. Oh, yes. and, and so that's actually one of the most common things that I treat. And then a lot of the non-specific stuff, um, which is kind of called the other toxins. So that's your bath and beauty products. That is um, your deodorant, that's your cleaning products. That's the plastic bottles that your kid drinks out of there. There's the plastic bottles that you get at the gas station to, to drink out of. There's 
the the type of cookware that you use. There's the your dog toys, all of that stuff. These all have chemicals in it. And so those toxins get into our body and eventually they can lead to disease. So yeah. that's what I say when I mean toxins. Those are the type of things I'm talking about. It's in your air, it's in your water, it's in your food. And we don't and, get to choose so easily that we have them in our life or not, because some of them are, as you say, they're in the environment where we live. Um, we may be able to choose our food to a certain extent, but our water comes, well, not mine because I'm actually on a well, but that's a different thing. But, but you know, for a lot of people, we get the mains water and fluoridation is huge in the United States as well as just pumping things into the water indiscriminately. One of the most disturbing things that I learned over the years is I had a family that brought in their seven-year-old boy, um, for OCD behaviors, obsessive compulsive disorders. Mm. And this family was extremely strict about their diet. Like they basically followed an autoimmune protocol, which I don't know if you guys ever talked about on the podcast, but it's basically you're cutting out any kind of potentially harming food, which is gluten, dairy, soy, corn, nuts, seeds, eggs, sugar. Like it's a very it's the strictest diet in my opinion. And this little boy, that's the only thing he had ever followed was eating this diet. And I said to him, I was like, well, what if you're at like a birthday party and, and somebody has like cake or cheeseburgers? He's like, no way. I, I would eat broccoli. So um, I was just kind of blown away. But we ended up when somebody comes to me um, with neurologic issues, just like if somebody comes to me with hormonal issues, one of the first areas I want to look is their toxic levels. And so I did heavy metal testing on him and he came back um, like 700 times normal, the levels of cesium and thallium. And I had been seeing cesium and thallium elevated in a lot of my patients, but I had never really learned too much about it, where it was coming from, why, if it was a problem. So I, I called the lab um, and I consulted with one of the, the medical directors at the lab. And I was like, why are these little boys levels so high? Well, cesium and thallium are, are radioactive ca compounds that are used in the oil industry. And when they get oil out of the ground, they use water mixed with cesium and thallium. And then this water is left over. Um, well, guess who's buying this water because they don't want to waste it? Farms. Farms specifically like California farms. That's where a lot of the studies are that are experiencing droughts. And so farms are using oil water to water their crops. But, and this gets to what you kind of said that, you know, we try to do our best, but it's a little bit out of our control. Well, farms can still be called organic if they're using oil water. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. so this, what I started seeing is, is my patients, the more basically vegetables and fruit someone's eating, the higher their cesium and thallium levels are. So it just makes you want to go crazy because, you know, you, people are doing everything they can. And yet it's still, you know, there's still these toxins are still everywhere. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, that's a, that's an example of something that kind of like shocked and scared me just like, wow, like we're really not safe anywhere. Um, no. But all we can do is our best. And so that that's what my book is about is, is the first step in, in any kind of like when you talk about toxins is to identify and stop exposure. 
So most of us are not aware, right? And that's what I'm trying to create with um, writing this book. And then with the patients I work with is like, hey, the, your environment is really toxic. And there's a lot you can do to start cleaning it up. Um, in the introduction of the book, I go through my wife's morning routine, which starts with when she goes to bed to the time she like goes out for the day. And they, there's studies that say that the average woman is exposed to over a hundred toxins before leaving the house. And that's yeah. just from like your regular stuff. I mean, the examples I give in the book is like, she's drying her hair. She's putting on mascara. She's eating a smoothie with almond milk and, and, you know, supposedly organic fruit. And, and so, and the dog toys and the plastic and it's, it's just, it's people, and the, the worst part about toxins is, is we're, you don't know you're being exposed. So people don't get symptoms, right? You could have lead in your water. It would have to be extremely high levels for someone to get sick acutely, right? Yes. Like glyphosate yeah. is another thing I talk about, which is the main component of Roundup. Roundup. We're all being exposed to it every day, but none of us know. You don't feel it. Um, same thing with mold and mold is something we can dive into if you want, but mold 99% of families that I work with, they have no clue that there's even mold in their house. Um, and, and so that's, I think there's so many things about the toxin discussion that are scary, but it, the fact that we don't know it, that, that you have to kind of do your own research, do your own homework. And, uh, one of my favorite resources that's free that I share a couple times in the book is, uh, the environmental working group, ewg.org. Um, yes. A lot of people are familiar with the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. So the Dirty Dozen are the 12 fruits and vegetables that are the most toxic. And then the Clean 15 are the ones that are the cleanest. Well, a lot of people have heard of those lists, but most people don't know it's coming from environmental working group. Well, you can go on ewg.org and start just cleaning up your house. You can type in your cleaning products. You can type in your food. You can type in um, your shampoo and, and you'll get a toxicity rating. Um, so it's, that's an amazing resource to start you know, identifying this stuff. Yeah, and definitely. for me, I, I rely on testing. And, and so we can talk about, I do talk in the book quite a bit about the different types of tests that are offered. Um, but it, it's just hard. And the analogy I love when it comes to functional medicine or when it comes to toxins is, is that we're all born with a bucket and we fill that bucket with stress. We fill it with sugar. We fill it with trauma and alcohol and drugs and um, relationships. And then our gut dysbiosis issues, SIBO, food sensitivities, those are all yes. things I got into in my first book. Um, and then also though, lead, mold, mercury, glyphosate, mold, um, all of these other things. And eventually that bucket overflows into disease. Mm -hmm. And so what my patient population is, is, is people that are kind of at their last straw. They, they've tried 10 different doctors. They've been to the university hospitals. They've been to Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic. And then it's, it's just like, okay, well, I'm out of options. So let me try functional medicine. And so that, that's <laughs> typically what I'm seeing. Um, yeah, but that, yeah. It, we shouldn't wait that long. We, we, you know, my patient population should be 99% uh, of people that come to me should be healthy. 
and they should be yeah. coming because they want to stay that way. Um, and that to me, like something like heavy metals, heavy metals are the most common toxin that, that I find in, in people. In my opinion, heavy metal testing, we should start that from like the age of three and or five yes. and every couple yes. years. And because I, I'm diagnosing people with heavy metals, whether they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And again, always the first question is, is, well, when did it get here? At that point, I can't I can't prove it to anyone um, when it got there because we're doing our first test when someone is 60 years old. So that they could have been there for 60 years and we, and we have no clue. Um, so my hope um, one day for the world is that this becomes standard of care. Um, that, that we're testing these toxins early on so we could prevent these issues instead of trying to then reverse them, which is what we're really trying to do. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And I, and I think it's this raising of awareness that is so important so that when, as you said, we go to those lists and when we're going around our house, going around the supermarket, we're going, okay, what, am I, what can I not buy and what can I choose instead, which is mm-hmm. a better option? Because, and there are alternatives out there, but we have to know about them. We have to know what to change. But let's talk a little bit about hormones here because obviously that's very relevant to these listeners. Some of these, or many of these toxins, should I say, are hormone disruptors, aren't they? Yeah, so there's a when it there's a specific subclass um, or of these toxins that mimic estrogen, and so what that means is, and these are things that are in like sunscreen, chlorine, um, your traditional birth control pills, uh, plastics, dry cleaning, and they they mimic estrogen, so. You take your clothes to the dry cleaner, you, you bring them home, you put them on to go out for the day, and you're absorbing this, these toxins through your skin that once they get into your bloodstream, mimic estrogen. So that means that they will bind to estrogen receptors and turn on estrogen receptors as if your body was making estrogen but it's really just like the shirt that you're wearing that you just picked up from the dry cleaner or the glass of water that you had or the sunscreen that you put on to go out in the sun. Well, there's no warning on a sunscreen that says like, hey, if you apply this all over your skin, this is going to go bind and turn on all your estrogen receptors and make your body think you're estrogen dominant. So there's there's the specific ones to estrogen. um, But in general, Toxins cause disease by causing cell damage. They basically, I go through it in the book, but they basically um, cause cell death and they will kill off the hormones. They will affect the way that the glands that make the hormones work. Um, and so that that's the connection um, as, as to why the t- discussion of toxins is so important when you're talking about hormones. Um, because they can do multiple things. They could bind receptors, but they can also just kill the hormones that you should be making naturally. So that, that's the connection and how it's connected to hormones. Yeah. So they're impacting every hormone producing, um, gland in the body, whether that's the pancreas, the adrenals, whether, You know, even your own fat cells, of course, are hormone producing. So naturally, that's 
a huge impact on the balance of how our body is functioning. And that that comment that you just made, actually, I, I kind of want to brings me to my most important thing to understand about these toxins, and that is how they get into our body and how they stay there and how we get rid of them. And so you said that, you know, they, they get the fat cells can make hormones. Well, these toxins that we're talking about, whether it's lead or mercury or glyphosate um, or the dry cleaning chemicals or memory foam mattress chemicals, um, they are fat soluble. So what that means is when they get into our body, they get stored in our fat. So um, I walk this through in the book, but let's say, you know, our first defense mechanisms to keep the toxins out are our skin, our gut, and our lungs. So we're eating, drinking these toxins. We're be we're putting them on our bodies. We're breathing them in. So our lungs have basically uh, cilia, these little cells that try to push stuff out. Um, we create mucus in our lungs to push things out. So the lungs try to trap the toxins. Your skin is very thick. There's three layers of cells of your skin. So your skin is trying to protect the toxins from getting in. And then your gut, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. And that's what my first book was about. Um, your gut, one of the most important things I try to teach people about their gut is that the inside of the gut is actually outside of your body. So when a toxin, when you eat a toxin, if your gut is healthy, you will poop that toxin out and you'll, you won't absorb it. But if you have what, what people are familiar with and what is called leaky gut, then any toxin that you're eating can go into your blood. So once a toxin crosses through the blood, through the gut, through the lungs, through the skin, it will store in your fat tissues or any other organs that it passing by, right? Well, lucky for us, the first place that our body sends anything that crosses through those paths is to the liver. And the liver is famous as your detox organ. Well, what your liver does to these toxins is make them water soluble. So the liver converts those toxins through a two-phase process, which is dependent on all types of vitamins and minerals. And I explain all the different reactions and I explain all the different vitamins and minerals you need for those reactions to function um, in the book. But so your liver takes these toxins and makes them water soluble. When they're water soluble, you then pee, poop and sweat them out. Right. And so that's how toxins can get in. That's what our body does to them. But what's happening is, is that we're being exposed to way more than we can handle, right? And so our detox capacity hasn't changed, but what has changed is our environment has become more toxic. So 50 years ago, let's say I was exposed to 10 toxins a day. My body can eliminate them because I could get rid of a hundred toxins a day. Well, fast forward 50 years later, well, now I'm being, I went from being exposed to 10 toxins to 10,000. The liver can't keep up, right? So then I'm going to store 9,990 toxins every day. And I'm not going to know it because there's no symptoms. I don't taste them. I don't feel them. And they're going to build up. And the, what, the, the, the day I'll know that I have a toxin issue is usually after I've been diagnosed with lupus or Hashimoto's or low testosterone or estrogen dominance. 
and I've been on one or two or five medications. And then I'm like, you know, these meds aren't working. So what is my last option? Well, let me look at functional medicine because I'm out of options. Yes. Um, yes. And so that's where the importance I think is of just creating awareness starting to clean up your environment and testing if you can to basically prevent these issues. So that I, I just, because they get stored in our fat as well as all over our body, and then those fat cells get more inflamed and then we eat more sugar and create more fat cells, which get full with more toxins. And then they're making, they're literally, like you said, making hormones, right? Yes. And so, yes. um, what would cause a cell to act inappropriately while feeding it with a bunch of sugar and, and unhealthy fat or loading it up with toxins is, is going to make, you know, cells start acting strange. And then again, we don't, that process goes on for some people for three months, for some people for 40 years before they actually get diagnosed with a, with a problem. Yes. Yes. And, and so, so really you have the double whammy of, toxins but also a lifestyle which is a big part of functional medicine too that we have very unhealthy lifestyles that then allow the toxins to have if i've understood right an even bigger impact than if we had uh, a better kind of lifestyle that supported our liver supported our gut microbiome exactly so the prob the problems all compound on each other, and then even something I talk about in the in the chapter about how detox works is um, the most common that condition that I see in women pre menopause is estrogen dominance, and that's when there's either too much estrogen, but usually not enough progesterone. Well, you need progesterone to actually detox properly. It, it activates. It helps activate the liver. So again, the, the problem is compounding itself. It's, you know, you got toxic. Now your hormones are screwed up. Well, now your hormones are screwed up. Then now you, so now you can't get rid of the new toxins that you're being exposed to. So then your hormones get more damaged and it, you know, it just, it, it's all connected with each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a big thing with functional medicine is to really look at the individual and look at the connections. Um, and I don't want to paint just doom and gloom because, we have lots of success. So, you know, we can very successfully detox someone, whether it's heavy metals like lead or mercury, whether it's mold or whether it's glyphosate levels, whether it's, it's the, the buildup of stuff from the bath and beauty products or cleaning products. Detox can take anywhere from three months to a few years. Um, yeah. It depends on how high the levels are. Um, it depends on how committed someone can stay to whatever protocol we're using to detox. But the, the good news is, is that, you know, you don't have to worry that you can reverse toxins, whether you can reverse the, the, the issues that the toxins cause like hormonal imbalances that, that can be tough. I mean, that, that's where we do also sometimes need to rely on taking hormones like thyroid or estrogen or progesterone or yes. testosterone because sometimes the damage has been done, right? And so mm -hmm. someone that's exposed to toxins, we can get them out, but we can never guarantee it's going to reverse the hormonal imbalance. But we can at least, at the worst, I always say best case scenario is that we reverse your condition Worst case scenario is that we can prevent things from getting worse, right? So even if yeah. we can't reverse the hormonal imbalance, 
by detoxing you, we can prevent dementia and osteoporosis and high blood pressure and heart disease, et cetera. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that gives a lot of hope to people because they're listening to this. They think, oh my gosh, all this is going on in my environment. I can't do anything. But sort of in the basic protocol, how would it work if somebody came to you, um, Dr. Cos, and they were then obviously experiencing the symptoms of Hashimoto's, they were experiencing estrogen dominance. Where do they begin this process with you? It starts with 42 pages of intake paperwork. So <laughs> a, a patient gets emailed a, a couple PDF documents that, that are, I think, total over 40 pages. And so they fill that out before the visit. And it, it's basically your medical history from the time before you were born to where you're at now. And it includes everything about your mental, emotional, spiritual health, hormonal issues, um, childhood, diets, stress, exercise, all of it. And so I review that before someone comes in. And so I, I have a, usually a pretty good idea of what's going on, but then frequently through a conversation, you know, sometimes other things come out or we realize that there's other goals that somebody didn't write down. So we will typically spend an hour and a half together talking, um, which a lot of my initial visit is education. It's explaining what the gut is, how the gut works, how the gut's connected to toxins, what are toxins, what is detox, how is that connected to hormones? So that's where I've written my two books. To It's basically like an initial visit with me, but on paper to get that education piece, because for a lot of people, it's, um, you know, they, they don't know much about this world. So, um, it, I I think our greatest job as practitioners is to teach. So that, that's what I try to do in my books. Um, so typically we'll do that initial visit and then we'll decide what lab testing to order. So I work very objectively. Um, when it comes to heavy metals, I do pre and post chelation testing, which I explain in the book and we can talk about if you want. For mold, I do mycotoxin testing. So that's urinary levels of mold mycotoxins. I do urine testing for glyphosate. We can test some of these non-specific chemicals that that are like in dry cleaning. And and another huge one I find is um, they cover all of our furniture in flame retardants. Because if your house burns, they don't want your furniture to burn as fast. Well, you're spending all this time sitting on these these furniture and just absorbing all these flame retardants. A couple of studies I cite in the book, um, they found over 80 different chemicals in memory foam mattresses. So it's, it's, they're, they're just everywhere, but we can put objective values. So we do that. That's how an initial visit would start is deciding what testing to do. Do we, um, I don't need to hear anything in anyone's history to test them for heavy metals. So if there was just one functional medicine lab that I could run, it would be heavy metal test more so than even the gut. And that's what people kind of knew me for is gut health. Cause that was my first book. Um, but I would actually start with heavy metals if I didn't know anything about someone. Um, so there's nothing in your history. I think we should all be tested for heavy metals mold. My screening question is always, do you live in or have you ever lived in a building that had water damage? Um, water damage <laughs> yeah. equals mold. Yes. And because when I learned pretty quickly that when you ask people, have you been exposed to mold? 
almost a hundred percent say, no, I was definitely not. And then we find huge levels in their bodies. And then we find out that there was water damage. And so to me, what I've learned and what I've seen over the years is water damage equals mold. So if you have ever lived in a building that had water damage or worked in one, um, I would test you for mold. And I've seen more and more examples of patients, people that are like, I, I've, I live in a brand new construction. I've been here for 20 years and I, we've never had water. But when I was a little kid, my parents' basement used to flood all the time. And we test them and they still have huge levels. Um, and we all detox very differently. So I can't tell you, you know, if you know your exposure was heavy for three years, but now it's been 10 years since you were exposed, we might test you and you might be totally negative. We might test you and you might have levels through the roof. Um, so that's where I don't like to guess. Um, and one of my pet peeves, I guess, um, there's a lot of practitioners online on social media sites selling detox, like buy these supplements for a 30 day cleanse Buy these, you know, buy this three month cleanse and it'll detox you from heavy metals and parasites and mold. And that just drives me crazy because there's so many people that are, they're succumbing to this marketing and buying these products and trying to do the right thing. But my opinion is, is why detox you if you don't have toxins, right? So why spend a few hundred dollars yeah. on a three-month supply of some detox supplement that you don't even know if it's real or not, um, but also you don't even know if you have toxin levels in you? Um, no, no. So I really, you know, I, and it's funny, the, the more convinced someone comes to me that they have a mold toxicity or that they have a heavy metal issue the less likely it is that they'll test positive for that. Um, so I have people that like know that we detox people from mold. And so they've convinced themselves that they have mold toxicity and I'm, I come to me for detox and, and I, I don't detox them. I test them and then they'll test negative, but then they'll test positive for a bunch of mercury. Right. Yeah. And yeah, the first chapter of my first book, unfunk your gut is, is kind of a, funny or comedy type of chapter about why to stay off the internet and how you can convince <laughs> yourself of so many things quickly. So I, I did a, an example of like Googling abdominal pain and how quickly I convinced myself that I had a hundred different diagnoses. Um, so don't definitely for, for people listening that are interested, don't, don't, assume right away that you have a lead toxicity or that you have a glyphosate toxicity. You may, you may not, but just, um, do the testing to make sure. Yeah. Um, and another very common thing, since I guess I'm on my soapbox, um, besides <laughs> the, the people selling supplements online, um, just for general detox. The other thing is, is that genetic testing has become oh, yeah. extremely prevalent yes. and yes. accessible and cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, it, if, if people, the, I guess we didn't, we haven't talked about it, about all these things I talk about in functional medicine. To me, the most important part of health is mental, emotional, spiritual health. Yeah. 
And my first book um, talks all about the gut brain connection and how you can't heal the gut without working on the mental, emotional, spiritual part. In this book, there's an entire chapter about the adrenal glands and how they're affected by mental, emotional, spiritual health. Um, So the. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, The. (laughs) The those parts. So. Oh, so the staying off the internet and the, the, yeah. the genetics. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So yes. the pay, people can now order their genetics, right? You do a saliva at home and you get this huge report. And most of those genetics are focused on your detox genes. So there's specific genes that are for detox. And so they can see um, mutations in these genes. And so if you have yes. a mutation in one of your detox genes, they tell you that you're a poor detoxer and that you need to detox, right? And, <laughs> and then sell you a detox kit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. as a believer that mental, emotional, spiritual health is the most important part of health, I have, and I get why, but people come in very, very stressed out and, and just like in a panic, like look at my genetics I don't know how to, I can't detox. I was exposed yeah. to mold once. I'm toxic. Yeah. But just because you have a gene doesn't mean you express it. No. So that's to me why there's no value in genetic testing when it comes to, to detox, because who cares what your genetics are? <laughs> Let's care about whether you have toxins, right? Let's yes. say you have perfect detox genes. You could still have huge levels of lead or mercury in your body. I'm still going to detox you. But yeah. and let's say your genetics, um, for lack of a better word, suck. Like your your detox genetics are not very good. And but we test you for mold, and we test you for glyphosate, and we test you for heavy metals, and all of it comes back negative. Well, you just saved yourself the headache of trying to detox something you're not even toxic from. Exactly. So two very common things that are out there that, that um, you know, if you're online, if you're on social media, that you're probably being marketed that way in regards to, hey, you know, you need to detox, buy these products or test your genetics. What if you can't detox? Yeah. For me, as someone that actively helps people detox every day. Those kind of things drive me nuts because there's somebody in the background uh, profiting and making money off of scaring you over something that you may or may not have. Which is, I think, the same with a lot of the simple hormone tests because they then are not taking into consideration all these other factors. And they're certainly not taking into consideration the mental, emotional, and spiritual factors in why we are where we are. Yeah, I think we're on the sa- definitely on the same page there, Dr. Goss. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but seeing that, I mean, we've talked, I mean, it's such a huge subject. We could actually talk about it all the time. But, I mean, where can listeners learn more about how they can go about this and how they can work with someone like yourself? Yeah. So everything that we've talked about goes into much deeper depth in my new book and it's called Get the Funk Out. And I always warn everybody it's funk spelled with a C, not a K. So Get the Funk Out. And that stands, the funk comes from functional medicine, which is what I do. 
And in my practice, before I started writing books, we had a saying that said, we put the funk in functional medicine. Um, so that's where the book titles came up from. Uh, so get the funk out, uh, is all about, we'll explain. There's a chap, there's a chapter about the thyroid. There's a chapter about the adrenals, re- female hormones, male hormones, the pancreas, what the liver is, what detox is, what heavy metals are, how to test for a mold and then your household stuff along with how to clean up your house. So that that's all in my book. Um, and people can get that on Amazon or, or where, wherever you get books, it's available to be printed. Um, and my website is doc-cause.com, D-O-C-K-O-Z.com. Um, there's links to my books. There's links to reaching out to us. If, um, you know, you're in another country or in a place where you want to work with someone locally, I recommend searching ifm.org. That's the Institute of Functional Medicine, ifm.org. And there's a tab there that says search for a practitioner and you can type in your zip code or your country and it'll give you the closest practitioners. My big thing that I always try to tell um, people, if you're using that website, there's an option to select uh, only search for certified practitioners. So in order to be certified in functional medicine, it is um, extensive testing. So we have to pass board exams. and But someone can be listed on the functional medicine website, even if they haven't had the credentialing. So yeah. a lot of my job right now is cleaning up um, other alternative medicine doctors' um, messes, I want to say. Um, I was trained by like Dr. Mark Hyman and in his clinic. And and so I'm very kind of, I guess, snobby when it comes to functional medicine. I believe there's a way to do it. Um, It is a very popular term. So a lot of practitioners that actually really have no clue about functional medicine are calling themselves functional medicine doctors because it brings more business. So focus on someone who's certified and also reach out to that clinic because a lot of practitioners aren't comfortable, even though you've certified in, in functional medicine, they're not comfortable with gut health or they're not comfortable with hormones or they're not comfortable with heavy metals. So make sure that the practitioner that you're going to is comfortable with what you want to talk about before you go. Um, yeah. But the feedback. So my first book on gut health came out a year ago. This one came out a week ago. Uh, the feedback we've gotten, at least from the first book on gut health, is just people that don't end up coming to see me, but see other practitioners just feel much more prepared for their visits, that they know what questions to ask. They know what lab tests to ask. In this new book, I go over charts of how to, what thyroid labs to order, how to interpret those thyroid labs. What are optimal levels? How do you do heavy metal testing? How do you do mold testing? What are you looking for? So all of that can help just someone be educated and understand what to look out for. And so they don't get scammed into something where you're being sold some kind of thousand dollar detox plan without actual testing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So doc-cause.com, my book, um, and those are IFM. places where someone can find and ifm.org. Yeah. We will put all those links in the show notes for the listeners so that people can go there. We'll make sure they're on the social media too. And I really, I agree that I think there, there is a lot of pushing of stuff that is uh, dubious and a lot of non-qualified practitioners as well. And that's particularly true at the moment in the menopause world because it's very popular 
and it is leading people to uh, pay for things that they either don't need or that actually have no efficacy. So I'm very grateful to you, Dr. Gaz, for really raising that as a clinician in this yeah. space. As a very, you know, and Dr. Mark, he- Mark Hyman has been somebody whose work I followed in many, many years. So yeah, right. great, yeah. great teacher to have, and and his his whole ethos. Dr. Cos, thank w- you for coming. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I would leave with just one um, point, one last point for someone for for someone that's looking to optimize detox or what where's the first step to start if you can't test, right? If you don't have access right now to testing, well, what can you do? Drink water, half your body weight in ounces in water. So make sure you're hydrating. Make sure you're moving your bowels every day. Poop, pee, sweat is how we detox. So make sure you're, you're, you're moving your bowels every day. If not work with a gut health doctor, check out unfunk your gut. My first book, get your gut health, right? Because if you're not moving your bowels regularly, you're not eliminating the toxins and then exercise or sweating. Um, and so we use a lot of infrared sauna when it comes to detox. Um, that's because the infrared rays help kind of actually kill off the toxins along with the sweat. So make sure you're peeing, pooping, and sweating. It's And, and then getting sleep because sleep yeah. is, is when our bodies are restoring. All day long, you're being exposed, exposed. And then at night um, is when you're restoring. So, you know, there, there's very, very basic steps in, in that yeah. someone can take, which is sleep, exercise, move around, eat, well, drink well, move your bowels, and and that's the best way to start detoxing. Yep. And as a Chinese medicine practitioner, that's exactly what they've been saying in China for about 3,000 years. So I think we can marry modern medicine with ancient wisdom really well there. (laughs) Yeah, There's even a whole body clock for, for the day that lays out exactly what you should be doing. So, yeah. Uh, Perfect. So, Dr. Kuz, thank you for coming on the show and sharing, I mean, a very small snippet of the work you're doing and this whole area. But it is so important for us to remember that this is a huge influencer in our perimenopause and menopause journeys. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Thriving Through Menopause. If you like this podcast episode, please hop over to my website, thrivethroughmenopause.com and rate and review it. And thank you if you do that because it helps others to find the show. Want more news and views on perimenopause and menopause? Then sign up to my weekly newsletter, Heart of Menopause, over on Substack. Thank you once again for listening and see you next week for another guest interview helping you to thrive through menopause.